So we're kicking off this week's Nine Hertz podcast with some amazing death metal from Leeds. Uh, that was a band called Mortary Spawn, and yeah, what I mean, just it it does what it says on the tin. It's it's just straight death metal, and it's fantastic. I guess we we got sent this, didn't we, Pete? And brilliant discovery. Yeah, it, it reminds me. You know, it's like so you say. I mean, this is kind of this is death metal. It's you know, it's in the same way, kind of undeath uh, you know have done of late have kind of brought a modern feel to like the, the classic original sound and you can reel off the names but you know what they are you know whether it's incantation or suffocation or any of these bands just feels great it's nice kind of rumbling chunky riffs throughout it and the fact that it's from leeds you know for as long as me and you have been in you know anywhere near kind of like the underground of heavy music then leeds has been a, a center particularly for the north and there's always been kind of great bands coming out of there that's still going on. The, for the fact that there's more, there seems to have been more death metal of, of late. Anyway, bands like Cryptic Shift and Slime Lord, um, and that you know, it's great to see, it's great to see that continuation. And as ever with Leeds as well, I was reading that there's whenever you find a new band, it you know inevitably contains members from sixty other bands that you you know and love. In this case, it's like Afternoon Gentlemen and Groke, Famine, Owner Snot, Bong Goblin, and there's and there's more as well. So. Just carry it on the great tradition of that city. Yeah, what I liked is it's it's very sort of brief. It's not sort of that kind of fattened proggy sound that you sometimes get with death metal. It it's very taut. It's very sort of like here's what we're doing. We're gonna get in there, do it, and come out again. It's it's great. Mm. Um, I mean, the five tracks barely make up sort of ten fifteen minutes. Uh, I loved it. I really think this is quite special. So no doubt when when gigs return properly. We'll probably see bands like this just, you know, at the Pack Horse or the Fenton or, or, or sort of little pubs like that, supporting the, the greats as they come through. So, yeah, you can almost kind of predict where you're going to see this band, really, can't you? But it's it's great. And, uh, yeah, nice little release. So it's called Spawn from the Mortuary, and you can get it on tape as well. There's a label putting out called Chamber of Emesis. So you can get that at chamberofemesis.bandcamp.com. Or you can check out the digital version, and they're selling a T-shirt at uh, mortuaryspawn.bandcamp.com. That was a song called Neath the Mound of Murids 
So yeah, check it out. So as ever, we've got nine amazing tracks for you, and uh, as ever, we've we've got some really interesting stuff for you. Talking of which, we've got the return of Neptunian Maximalism, who uh, had an album out last year, and we put it in our top ten or fifteen. And it's uh, from Ivoid Hanger Records, who who just keep churning out the most amazing things. And yeah, this is um, their sort of second release, but this is a, a live recording in Belgium. Uh, it's it's kind of like a super group. There's there's so many people involved. It's kind of hard to sort of uh, list them really but uh, yeah this was uh, recorded at Magzan 4 which uh, apparently is an amazing venue I, I sort of read about it quite a lot I know Hey Colossus have played there before and it's I think it's almost like a self-contained venue you, 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 once you sort of get there you can't really leave it's it's sort of like a, a bit of a cultural mecca for, for Brussels apparently so um, yeah really really amazing um, release here I mean it's 52 minutes long it's one one long track uh, that they've called Solar Drone Ceremony. And, I mean, the deeply layered and, and strange and psychedelic vibes that they put out uh, with the with their last release, uh, which was actually, I think it was a 4LP um, set. I think it was about six CDs or something. It was something crazy. It was a huge package that was all came together, and it was something like, I don't know, three or four hours long, the whole thing. But, um, yeah, this, this feels like a condensed thing, but it, it kind of goes through different stages. I don't know if you got that vibe off it, Pete. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and through that, you got like the, there's bits of like kraut rock, there's bits of deep psychedelia, you know, almost touches drone. Well, it does, you know, it is droning at points. There's, it, there's a meditative feel to it. Yet it's exotic at times, you know, due to the vast array of instrumentation they use. And, you know, it's just fascinating. It's the fact that I love that you can still get this new, you know, there's all these kind of sax and bits of jazz and all that weirdness in it. And for that to appear on kind of eye void hanger. And therefore bringing it kind of to a metal audience who might not otherwise listen. It just says a lot about the label, says a lot about the band. And the, the, I think the one thing to sum up is like the album title, Solar Jones Ceremony. You know, I think in, that that could be seen as pretentious. It could be seen as just that kind of typical generic metal word combination. But it's the perfect description of their kind of output and their ethos. Definitely. I mean, they've sort of mentioned Sun Ra and Hawkwind and possibly a bit of sun in there and that's that sort of sums it up for me it sounds like like like, like a ritual almost almost like the temple on the front is, is kind of like where i imagine this has taken place not a modern venue in brussels it, it, it sounds yeah. like it's on another planet or something so i really really can't wait to see what they do with a studio album next so i mean this this, this doesn't sound like a live recording either it sounds very organic and very sort of calculated so it, it's just amazing really so yeah we're going to play an excerpt obviously because it's 52 minutes long and you can get this at i-voidhangerrecords.bandcamp.com like we say it's called Solar Drone Ceremony
So next up we've got another release from Forbidden Place Records. Uh, in this case we've got uh, a cult, a guest doom band, uh, Lagoon, uh, who yeah, just kind of uh, have come out with this amazing record called Scholastic Visions. And it's a really dense record, isn't it? I mean, I, I sort of got a lot from this. Like It's very lumbering, it's got that kind of borrowed kind of uh, aesthetic maybe from ele- the, the sort of likes of Electric Wizard and, and things like that. But... It's very much its own release, isn't it, Pete? Yeah, definitely. And you, you know, it'd be wrong to pretend otherwise. It doesn't have that that sound to it. But what I like in particular is that there's the mixing of you know subtle differences, and not only that, the, the songs differ as well. You know, track to track, there, there's variance in that. I think it's a you know really strong album. And there's, I don't know if I've read this somewhere on on the bio, or it's just popped into me. But like it says, something like garage rock doom and, and that kind of mixture there. So just it, works really well it's the, you know the stoned dual vocals i think help it, it almost pushes it into psych territories or even a band like uh, like witch you know the, that kind of that stoner band where jay mass is on drums you know and then you listed the next track which is the title track after this one we're playing and that's altogether different again it was one of the albums that you every self now especially since we're doing it weekly when um and then you know we're kind of quick turnaround and getting out getting songs submitted to each other I kind of struggled to pick which track to send to you on this. I knew, you know, immediately be playing something in this album. I think that's a sign of a really, really good album for me now. It's a barometer. But yeah, I, I thought it was, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I, I thought the vocals were interesting. Like you say, that they're sort of not your typical genre trope vocals, are they? They're, they're quite no. sort of unique and definitely stand out. And like you say, if you have to like deliberate over which track to play, if if, the, if there's so much variety on offer and if there's so many quality tracks it's yeah that's that's a really good sign in any any record i think like sometimes we sort of uh struggle to whittle down our choices but i think this is a really obvious one like you say if, if you're actually stuck within a record trying to pick a track then that kind of speaks for itself really doesn't it that, that makes a lot yeah. of sense it's a, a neat little record just seven tracks like really draws you in i think that's that's a good way of putting this one because it, it's not kind of like immediate and i think you need to listen to everything rather than just a sort of hodgepodge of, of sort of random bits so you can get this at forbiddenplacerecords.bandcamp.com and we're going to play the song beyond the trees
So we love to return to bands on this podcast and it's always great when you get that notification email from Bandcamp when uh, when one of your sort of past favourites has has released something new. This band Sabranka from Istanbul, they uh, released a really cool record back in uh, February 2019 called The Dream Is Dead. I think we played the title track and, and that's kind of, I think what I wanted to say about this one really is that 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 track that title track has really stayed with me i think i play it now and again every few months it's just a really catchy song and yeah i I just really loved it so um i guess you could describe this as um melodic death stuff which isn't always my cup of tea and i'm not sure if it's yours all the time pete but yeah this new release death to traitors it's more of the same it's more of this kind of very intense but possibly melodic and, and sort of mainstream sound I guess so um, I got sort of like modern death metal vibes from this like hate eternal maybe like that constant delivery method that sort of harsh unrelenting sort of thing but they sort of put themselves out there as melodic black metal which I can get in, in a way it's got more in common with death for me but yeah this new release that I thought was brilliant there's only two tracks been released so far but I really enjoyed both. What do you reckon to this one, Pete? I know it's not kind of your usual pool of, of, of um, heavier music, I guess. No, I don't, I, you know, being honest, I don't, I don't necessarily get it. I don't get the, the sound, you know, that kind of galloping sound, the way, the way that kind of the vocals ride along the guitar lines. But then, you know, that, it's not really, it's, that's just because it's not my, my sound. You know, even, you know, it says melodic black metal. I don't quite know what the kind of precedence is for that and who came before or anything like that. Um, and even if it's even the kind of melodic death metal is probably my weakest area from there. But, you know, it's, it's, I mean, we're not always going to pick songs that we both appreciate. And, impre- you know, the kind of the sound is impressive. I like that about the fullness of it and all that. So, yeah, not for me, but I get it. I get where, you know, I get why this is E.P. Jones. I think I've got a kind of love for the theatrical. And I think this is this is possibly my taste in, impeding on the podcast a little bit. So. I, yeah, I just thought, thought this was great, like really good fun. You can get a CD version of this from Saturnal Records, and you can get the digital version from sabranka.bankamp.com. And we're going to play the song Death to Traitors.
So sometimes on this podcast we're kind of reminded of, of sort of past bands that we might have encountered before and this was a real blast from probably about 10 and possibly even 15 years ago. A band called The Salvo, this next band have members of it. So um, Kong Lives from Newport in Wales. Yeah, apparently uh, share ba- share members, ex-members with a band called Tradish and, and De Salvo, who I think were from Glasgow. So um, yeah, I remember seeing them in Sheffield in about possibly 2008 or nine, and they were absolutely insane. Uh, really, really strange stuff. And uh, I think there's a little bit of a spirit of that in here so you you found this people i don't think you you said you didn't remember the the band the salvo no. from, from all that time and I, I, I know the name of kong lives I, I, I kind of recognize it but but i can't say i've ever heard them it's probably you know i mean it's the doom band within the uk probably just from you know within the scene so but you know i got a kind of notification that this was coming out came out on 420 which was it was a good week this week because normally you know the majority releases come out on a friday because of 420 and because we're into uh, Stoner Rock, um, there was a lot that it was like we had two release dates this week. So there's a lot yeah. of good stuff uh, came out on Tuesday, whenever it was, or Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. So, but I was instantly impressed, impressed with this. And they kind of self describe as post metal and doom. And it, it, there's a, a guy from the band Hast who used to be called Hast Eagled, who I, I love. And it's kind of no surprise that, that they're there because they've kind of got that similar constitution to them. And, you know, another great Welsh band of those types of music. From the moment kind of the vocals come into this song, it really grabs your attention. The band, like, all come together and it kind of just opens up, you know, it's like this vastness to it. And I think, you know, I'd be really impressed with it. Like I say, for a first listen to a band, I've, I've kind of been, you know, aware of in the background of the past. It was a really great introduction. Yeah, I mean, th- this album kind of twists and turns through really strange little bits as well. There's there's almost like melodic bits in there, isn't there? There's like little diversions in, into other genres without being wacky and without being kind of like, look at what we're doing. It's like, it's very natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the album flows quite a bit as well. That's what I find. It felt like I was listening to one whole song rather than, you know, seven different ones, um, which is always a good thing in my book. You know, if, if you can hear an album kind of evolving and unfurling in front of you then yeah that's that's also an amazing thing to hear and i think it's got enough of the the spirit because i remember salva being a little bit kind of um the reputation was a, a bit wild and a bit kind of off the hook and and strange and i think there's a little bit of that in here there's a bit of eccentricity to this that i really appreciate it's not just a doom album is it no because, like the album's called Thy Kingdom Kong. It's just, you yeah. know, that just tickles a bit. So, yeah, I think they've got something about them, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Really cool stuff. So, yeah, you can get this at konglives.bandcamp.com and we're going to play Night Call of the Longman.
So you were saying earlier, Pete, about the prevalence of 420 as a release date, and I feel like this could have been released on that day as well. It's, it's very much in that sort of realm. So um, I found this amazing split called Four Tales of the Strange from a band called Dust Lord, and uh, the band we're going to play Bog Wizard. And yet, t- to me, this sounds like it was tailor-made for, for that date, to be honest. I, I really enjoyed um, this whole release, but I, I think... The Bog Wizard side really sort of stood out to me as uh, something special. And they, they say they're influenced by D&D, and there's definitely some D&D elements in here. But yeah, I just thought it was unusual. It, it's very much um, following some of the tropes of the genre, but it's got enough about it to make it appealing and, and, and sort of like a little bit stand out for me. What did you make of this one? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like this a lot. I like their album. They had an album out last year, which I thought was really good, which is called uh, From the Maya. Uh, worth checking out yeah and like you say this is you know it's you can tell from the kind of the band names what you're going to get but they've just got something and it's even though it's you know there's bits of kind of trad doom in there there's trudging sludgy paced guitars and then like stoner melody in there and you know we talk about stoner doom and sludge it's not like wide variants it's, it's what you expect but it's really good and you know and just generally I think like what there's a point about kind of there's a real Strong history of kind of split records in Stoner Rock, right? You know, back to the late '90s when Meteor City and Man's Room were doing them. You know, there's like Queens of the Stone Age and Beaver and Unidoo and Dozer and Lowrider and Nebula. These, you know, like they were kind of uh, landmark releases, which I mean, typically pitted European and American at the time. But it, it, it the split release, you know, it kind of brings potentially another band to your attention if you only need one of them. It's it's a staple of the sound, and uh, brilliant to see it continue. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think the split record should just be seen as the um, sort of field of punk, really. There's some, yeah, I mean, like you say, there's some absolutely amazing uh, splits from big names as well in Stoner Rock um, mm. over the years. The, the Sludge split is always a good one as well for me. And it's a great way to sort of hear new bands as well, you know, just stating the obvious really there. But um, yeah, split record's a fantastic idea. I, I really like the fact that this band don't take themselves massively seriously either. They're, they're selling um, quite a few things via their band camp at uh, bogwizard.bandcamp.com. Best description uh, I've seen on here is they're selling a koozie, um, and the description is, it holds your drink, don't overthink it. Um, so yeah, and <laughs> they've also said, um, folds flat so we can ship it cheap. Please buy them, we have so many. <laughs> That was great. Um, so yeah, like the album is called Four Tales of the Strange. I think you should go and check it out now. It's, it's amazing. There's a there's a 12 inch version which looks like it's actually sold out, which is a real shame. But we're going to play the song Paladin of Death.
So we're heading to Russia next uh, from a band called Lunar Funeral. And uh, yeah, I actually had this on my list, Pete, before before you sort of uh, plumped for it. But uh, yeah, it, it's an amazing release, isn't it? I mean, I heard this song we're going to play called Introduce and yeah, it kind of really got my attention. It's, it's got an Earth vibe to it, but it's got yeah. a lot of occult vibes without being cheesy and without being what you normally expect from that that sort of idea. Yeah, without sounding aesthetic. just like a literary wizard, I suppose. Exactly, it, yeah. Yeah, there's, it, is, it is strange. It's really intriguing. I, I keep listening to this song. I have all week and still haven't figured it out. And I like that about it. It's, it's, it's got this weird kind of live quality to it. And it's, it's bluesy. It's, it is a cult doom. But then, you know, it does have this different slant. You know, the, I think on the bio that it describes the guitars as somewhere between spaghetti western sound and, and kind of a ghostly gothic thing. And you get it, you know, you definitely, that you hear that thing, especially that, you know, that, that western. And it amalgamates, it kind of congeals into something that is eerie and but different and original as a result of it. And then you've got the vocals, equally strange and fragile and distant. Almost slackerish. It just kind of fits this strange mystical air perfectly. And you know, for the for me to be still listening to it, to still kind of get that kind of that kind of the creeps about it because it is so odd, but so so much drawing me in. I, I I think this is amazing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not massively familiar with what say Russian folk or traditional music might sound like, but I imagine a bit of that has creeped in here. That kind of um, Americana sort of sound that they might be going for might actually be influenced by Russian folk music in some distant way. That's what I kind of suspect is is happening here, but like you say, it makes for this completely unique sound and like you say, like a ghostly, almost like a ghostly affair and yeah. I just thought it was a very interesting record. You summed it up perfectly, really. It's intriguing. I think that's what, what I really got from this. Really cool. Yeah. So the record's called Road to Siberia, and you can get this at lunarfuneral.bankcountain.com. Like we say, we're going to play the first song on this. This is called Introduce.
So going back to the idea of uh, split records, we're going back to, I mean, we played Bongzilla's um, latest release last week, and uh, they've actually come out with, it's amazing really, I mean, 15 years of no releases, and then there's two out in within the space of a month. But yeah, they've done a, a really cool split on the Doom Sessions series by Heavy Psych Sounds, uh, with a band from Italy called Tons. Uh, who I'd not come across before, but yeah, this this is a perfect, absolute perfect pairing. Yeah, Bongzilla's tracks are exactly as you expect. I think they were possibly recorded at the same time as uh, the sessions for the the record they've just put out. Yeah, this this band tons are absolutely brilliant. They've done almost like um they must have known that they were going to be on one with uh, Bongzilla because it's, it's very much weed based, but they seem to have done like a, an extended jam that they've turned into three different tracks. And they follow on from each other. I, I think we picked the second one purely for me because it, it just shows the spaced outness of it as as well as the sludgier side. Um, had you made sort of acquaintance with this band before, Pete? Yeah, I, I reviewed them on the site a few years ago, and uh, you know, you kind of mentioned kind of like a weed obsession, and maybe it's knowing from Bongzo. They've always been like that, and, right? You know, <laughs> so it just you know, there's probably just a natural pairing for heavy sake to put them together, and, and it follows that trend with these doom sessions of kind of putting, um, well, it's not necessarily Italian, but often Italian because that's where the labels from, and one of the real big names together, um, and, you know, and it's it's a really you know it's a, it's great that this happens. It's great for that band, and there's a suppose it might have been a, a fear that it would get lost in the fact that you know to say the two bongzilla released in a month they were they were actually released three days apart so i suppose it deserves not to be you know not just uh not to be lost against the the bongzilla album because it's really good you know, like their whole kind of side is is amazing i looked back on that kind of review the other day and i mentioned it i mentioned in that review that it sound sounds enthralled to bongzilla i was fine with it because it was so good and actually, I think, you know, while you can hear that here, you can hear that as a clear influence. I think it's slightly moved away from that. They've, they've, you know, they've got more of their own identity and it's still sludge. But as you say, it's kind of, it's a bit spacey. It's a bit more stoner and, and psych in there. And, you know, I say that within the kind of relatively narrow confines of, of, of the sludge sound. But still, it, they've, they've done something, they've, they've grown and it, it sounds brilliant. I'm really kind of, you, you pick this, it's another one which I'd have picked as well, so... Yeah, well done, and, and like to to stand up against it's the other thing is when you're on these splits with this huge kind of uh, globally you know known band to kind of make your mark at that time, take that opportunity, and really kind of hold your own against them as well is is really impressive. Absolutely, and I mean, what a series so far we've had the likes of uh, Conan, Sixteen, Grime, and and all sorts. So. I can't wait to see what they come up with next, really. I mean, Heavy Psych Sounds are in a fantastic position to be able to pair bands like this together and, and sort of create these quite quite a hallowed series so far. So I can't really see where they're going to go next, really. I mean, who, who are they going to pick? And, you know, they've almost got the pick of the whole world's, <laughs> like, Stoner Rock and Doom uh, bands, really. So it's really up to them what they put together. So, yeah, this is a really amazing release. Uh, as usual, we can get this at heavypsychsoundsrecords.bandcamp.com uh, and we can play the second track that Tons have put together, which is Chronic Morning Obesity Part 2.
so to close this week I think we've got like a real sense of, of maybe like the three stages of, of death metal this week when we've got like melodic stuff we've got sharpened to the point stuff and this is like a really heavy slab of it isn't it I mean this band are called a cult of a cult from France and yeah it, it just crawls by doesn't it and, and the vocals are so good where did you find this one Pete? I, I know the name so it just crept up I, I can't recall what I've heard but I, I, this uh, familiar name so when I saw it I was kind of straight in there fully enough actually I, my first kind of thoughts were to more towards uh, like glacial doom rather yes. than death metal but i get it you know it's it's on the it, you know it's on the extremes so you know therefore you start to bring in those other kind of you know the, all the kind of extreme metal big genre names it's an effort it's 21 minutes long um the, the albums it's basically well the release is that plus a remix on the other side it takes like seven and a half minutes just to kind of <laughs> just to almost get going it's it's so kind of uh, full of dread and kind of empty of any warmth or or even of any pace to it. It just it just can't sort of generate anything. And, and you you kind of the ground is set. And, and I was in it then by then. And I don't know. It, it just feel you feel you know like some of the kind of extreme kind of doom band. You know, someone like Horse Latitudes and their kind of hypnotic dirge approach. And then you know there's something of a riff kicks in. The kind of a, aggression amplifies. And just a cry, you know, still 14 minutes to go after that. There's these, these <laughs> kind of strange atmospheres created. There's um, there's these passages where they linger in those, with, you know, without much going on. And it feels like cosmic or, you know, like looking at the arms, I don't know, maybe like a, a barren Arctic tundra, you know, with, with, the, with the northern lights over, unsettling and weird and, and just otherworldly slightly. Yeah, and then by the end, all these kind of different creeping tendrils of... of sound all come together um in, in like this kind of haunting heavy like terrifying and wonderful way yeah definitely i mean it it just feels bleak to me it just feels mm. very hopeless and almost like reflecting on on your own sorrow and depression and stuff it's it's very sort of it doesn't hold much in terms of positives but in a good way uh, it's quite cathartic in in that manner i don't know did you listen to the um remix as well because that is harrowing like it's if you think the the first track ruin that we're going to play is 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 uh, pretty hard going the remix is even more claustrophobic and unpleasant it, it sort of it takes the vocal like machinations and the drone aspect and, and turns it into this kind of nightmarish fuel really it's um it's, it's really something i think it's a really interesting release for that reason i think it, it, it kind of hems you in it, it's not it's not got any room to move out it's it's very much like confronting you with this sound and and this uh sort of on, on Bandcamp, it's, it's kind of recommending bands like bellwitch and and, and things like that. And I, I don't think it's quite as sad or as you know melodramatic as that but it's certainly got that bleakness to it and it's certainly got that cavernous sound that i think bands are really kind of capturing recently i don't know if that says something about the time that we're in but um yeah yeah, yeah this is uh this is grim stuff so i think it's uh possibly good that we're, we're ending with this i don't think it's it's one to sort of kick start the podcast with so if you want to hear this uh you can get it at cultofacult.bandcamp.com uh, it looks like there is a vinyl version uh, it looks like the tape has run out already which is no surprise at all so yeah we're gonna play an excerpt uh, from this this is ruin Ah! 